Welcome to Funding the Dream on Kickstarter. I'm Richard Bliss, the host. This is episode 79. Thank you for listening. You know, we, we've had, over the last year, a lot of guests on our show, and all of them have passion and excitement about the dream that they're pursuing. And, you know, that's what our show's all about. I gotta tell you, my guest today, and you all know that every guest is special. Today, though, I think uh, we're thrilled and excited to have a man who, when he dreams, he dreams big. And we are talking to, we have invited Michael Lane, the uh, founder, president of Liftport Group, and the creator of the Kickstarter project, Space Elevator Into the Sky. And Michael, thank you for being on the show. Hey, thank you. I'm excited about it. I'm excited about this whole Kickstarter ecosystem, so thank you. I bet you are. So, Michael, you have um, your Kickstarter, just to bring everybody up to speed, the project is called Space Elevator Science. It's currently, as of the taping of our show, uh, 13 days to go, and you have raised $42,000 of your $8,000 goal. So uh, you've got to be pretty excited about what you're seeing. I, I really am. Yeah, yeah. Um, 532% right now. It's it's kind of crazy. Um, yeah, it's great. It's great. Well, it has been crazy. Um, I, I have to admit, uh, I have introduced your project to several people, and they scratched their heads, and they looked at me like I was a little bit nuts when I introduced them <laughs> to the concept. Um, right. And uh, you and I have talked previously. You've got 1,300 backers, but the amount of press and exposure that you're getting on this has gone off the charts. Tell us a little bit about what's happening. Well, um, sure. People are going to scratch their heads. Uh, I've had a lot of people think that the, the $8,000 goal was, was ridiculously low. And in fact, we had arguments in my team about that number. Um, but it's worked out well. Um, the idea of the space elevator has been around for quite a while. Uh, we were pioneers of the kind of modern version of it in 2001 to 2003 as part of the NASA research team, and then from um, you know as a contractor, and then uh, from 2003 to 2007 we ran Liftport Group to push this technology. So a lot of people had heard about the general idea, but then when they heard this is a a Kickstarter campaign for eight thousand dollars. It actually just kind of set off some some bells, some warning bells. Like this doesn't even make sense, right? Um, so it's worked out really, really well. Um, so far, our campaign has been uh, the media's picked up our campaign in Russia, Germany, China, Malaysia, Vietnam, Italy, France. Uh, lots of countries in, uh, in the Spanish language. Um, yeah, it's 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 pretty it's pretty great. Okay. I have to say, I'm pretty grateful. Uh, I'm grateful. So, and you must have spent a ton of money on your press and PR, and you've got a massive PR team to get that kind of reach, right? Uh, no, no, <laughs> not at all. Um, you know, <laughs> loaded question. I know. No, um, honestly, uh, we did. We started this campaign at. 3 o'clock in the morning on the West Coast, which is 6 o'clock in the morning on the East Coast, a week ago on Wednesday. And all we did, I promise you, the only thing we did was send 12 tweets in the first two hours. In the first two hours, 12 tweets, and we hit $800. 
that was 10% of our goal. And from there, it just kept growing. Uh, now, in full disclosure, we knew that the Space Elevator Conference was happening a couple days later. The conference started on Friday. Um, and we were actually, because of that event, we were able to kind of use that as a, as a catalyst. Uh, we know we always get a little bit of press around that event. I went in and was interviewed by uh, some local media, the MP, local NPR stations. Right. Uh, but by by Saturday afternoon, was it Saturday? It was Sunday. Sunday afternoon, we were a hundred percent funded. Uh, slightly over forty-eight hours after we started. So, uh, so let's talk. Uh, let's slightly talk. Over, we slightly talk. over seventy-two hours after we started. We could talk about because I'm fascinated. I've, I've uh, watched the videos. I've read uh, your your content. It's a fascinating thing that you're trying to do. Um, we could spend the whole show talking just about that. But this show is actually about Kickstarter itself, and um, sure. you've made some statements in our conversations about. Kickstarter community and and what's happened. Tell me your perspective. What's going on that that you put out a couple of tweets and suddenly the world catches fire on your idea and money. You know, it's not a lot of money. I mean, we've talked about there's much bigger projects out there, but a significant amount of money is pouring in. Fans are pouring in. What's this community thing? What's happening here? And what is different than let's say five years ago? that would not have made this possible? Well, Richard, the, the, the first thing is, is the very most important thing is that this project was never about dollars for us. It was always about the community of backers. Um, five years ago, before we went out of business, um, we had a fairly large following of fans. Um, good databases of email addresses. We'd send out newsletters on a frequent basis, things like that. But five years is like a lifetime, right? So uh, we really needed to to work within the ecosystem of Kickstarter to redevelop and reconnect with our community, and that was really that was really the key. Um, I the dollars are obviously important for a project like this, but far far more important is the ability to, to generate backers. Uh, we had talked about using, I won't say the name, but everybody knows there's another crowdfunding portal out there that you just get whatever dollars are contributed. It doesn't matter whether you reach a threshold or not, and it doesn't matter about timing as much. You just get the money, right? And, and people were talking to me about going that way because it's safer. But I thought, and I had done my homework, that the, the Kickstarter community, the ecosystem of trusted players, was so much greater than the other crowdfunding sources, portals, that uh, it, it justified the risk. Does that make sense? It certainly does. Uh, and, and, and then the question that I'll ask you is, um, you've been doing this a long time. You're very passionate about this. It comes through in the writing. It comes through in your uh, in your video. That this is something that is extreme interest to you. Can you can you can you give us a little bit of idea? Since you've been so, what is happening? You've sparked some imagination in in the people, and that's kind of let's talk about that for a minute. What's going on here with 
a space elevator to the sky that people are, are all of a sudden sitting up and paying attention for something that's been around for the, the idea has been around for years. Is is there something? Yeah, there yeah. The the idea has been around. Um, you know, the idea came from a Russian scientist, a Russian mathematician in the 1890s by looking at the Eiffel Tower. So I mean, it's been around for a long time. Um, uh, popularized by Arthur C. Clarke in the in the seventies, the guy who actually uh, gave, you know, tutored Arthur C. Clarke yeah. is on my team, right? He's on my team. He actually invented the lunar elevator two years after I was born. Uh, a guy named Jer- Doctor, uh, a guy named Jerome Pearson. He's got a great bio on Wikipedia. Very interesting guy. Um, but yeah, so the idea has been around, but there wasn't a mechanism in which people could participate. And I think that that's really the key, right? Up until now, and, and I'm the first to admit it, my, my elevator community that I, I love these guys, these guys are brilliant and they're interesting and they're passionate. Uh, but we're kind of a community of old white guys. Uh, there are very few women, there are very few non-Caucasians in the room at the conference, right? Um, so that's a problem to me. I actually wrote something a while ago called Crimes of Omission, that we have done a very poor job in our community of bringing this project to everybody. And I think this project can only happen if a lot of people get involved. So then here Kickstarter shows up, and it's the perfect vehicle. It's a way that, that people can contribute at a dollar and just get information and, and be a part of the community. They can contribute at $35 and wear a T-shirt or, uh, or jewelry and just kind of proudly, you know, physically show their support. Um, and and our, our $100 reward, we actually uh, questioned that because – Really, the real value of the reward is we're going to send you a survey every month and ask your opinion. Now, that seems like a lot of money to answer a survey, but the way we look at it is that you know this is a way that somebody can actually give their opinion on an important issue that literally, I believe, affects the course of human civilization. So I know that sounds like hyperbole. I don't mean it to be, but I do think it's very important. So what I think that Kickstarter has done, it it has allowed your average guy going about his average life to participate in something that affects the planet. I know that sounds no, cheesy. I know, no, I know that no, there's probably some it more poetic way of saying that. But. And, here, and here's why it yeah. doesn't. Um, the timing, I can't believe you you could you couldn't you talked about timing it for the space elevator conference, but with the yeah, success yeah. of curiosity and the stunning yeah. uh, photos and uh, images that are coming out of off of the planet Mars that took my breath yeah. away, right? And then the passing of Neil Armstrong this past week, uh, yep. you've got you've got so much that's going on. That there's been talk of of kickstarting the next NASA project. Now it's it's just you know nobody's serious about it, but there's talk about it. They're, they should be more serious than they are. Um, 
They, they really, really should. Um, I've been in the space advocacy community for a long time, and let's just look at those numbers for a second. There's roughly 20,000 people at the Planetary Society, roughly 15 to 2,500 in the Mars Society, roughly... I'm oh, sorry, no, Planetary Society is huge. It's like more like 75,000, 85,000. Um, 15,000 in the National Space Society. Like each of these organizations, and there's lots of organizations, Moon Society and a whole bunch, right? Um, if they start really considering the financial capital that they individually control, you could absolutely kickstart a mission to Mars, a mission to the Moon, a mission to whatever you want to do. There absolutely is that capital. And if you expand that to the space, uh, so to the aerospace community, the guys that work at Boeing or Lockheed, right, the guys that work at Raytheon, or if you expand that to the whole Silicon Valley uh, computing software and hardware ecosystem, you could absolutely kickstart a campaign that will take people to another planet. I, I, I know that sounds like hyperbole. I've done my homework. I don't think that it is. Well, speaking of homework, let's talk about then your homework because, um, Michael, I, I buy into that vision. I buy into that ability. Uh, Kickstarter is a pretty amazing thing. Obviously, I'm a big fan of it. You've done some detailed analysis of Kickstarter. Um, on your page, you talk about that you analyzed the t- – top three of each category, the top 39 projects, three in each category. And you, and you found some data about that. You even encourage people to ask you about that. You want to share kind of, yeah. what did you find out? Um, well, first, it takes a lot of work to get data out of Kickstarter Co., right? Like, they don't make it easy. Uh, they, they give you lots of information, but not all of it's useful. Uh, what I had to do and this is, and what I'm telling you is information that was accurate in June 1st. And an important detail is that of those top 39 campaigns, 13 of them are no longer in the top. They've been booted out because there's been other campaigns superseding them. So uh, the information I'm giving you is dated, but it also shows that the ecosystem is growing the community of of contributors, of backers, is growing substantially. Um, So what I did is, you know, Kickstarter has 13 primary categories, and I looked at their most funded. They have have a link to the top three funded. Um, And I built this crazy big spreadsheet, probably five or eight pages deep, that shows... Every, I, I went to every single one of those 39. I copy-pasted all of the rewards. I added up all the numbers. I put a, you know, lines for um, you know, how many people were at the $5 level, the $10 level, the $28 level. Um, and I created troughs of who was spending what, how many people were spending on what dollar amount and what what rewards worked and which, which ones didn't. And I have, I don't know, a five or ten page document on best practices and the stuff that really worked. Um, I had to give credit to uh, Amanda Palmer's campaign because, seriously, that was kind of amazing. I, I really learned a lot from her campaign specifically. Um, and so I graphed this stuff out and I looked at... Uh, 
price points and the kinds of projects that worked, um, it's ridiculously easy. If you have a if you have an Apple widget or an uh, or Arduino widget or an Android widget, Kickstarter is your natural home, and you should just you know spend all your waking moments trying to come up with a product for that. Um, but uh, but you've got to have a community. If you don't have a community that is natural, like you know, phone numbers, email addresses of your friends, then you have to have an artificial community that you can collect, like I said, the, uh, the Apple community. Uh, you had to just have the right widget for that, and, and that was going to take off no matter what you did. So the research was pretty interesting. It took a lot of time. Um, what I found was that 66% of the people, you know, the individuals, and this is, this is over, uh, over 380,000 people that I'm talking about. So 66% of the people give less than $50. So with that piece of information, I specifically crafted a whole bunch of rewards. I think I have 14 rewards under $51. 14 rewards is, is more than most campaigns, right? Um, so, Richard, you said earlier when we were talking, you thought that, that was kind of overwhelming. But I, I, I absolutely did that on purpose because the target demographic says... $51 is the magic number. Anything less than that, and people will contribute. So I did that. But then I found something really interesting, that uh, 1% of the people that vilified and maligned 1%, they give as much money as the other 66% combined. Combined. Right? So that's a lot of purchasing power. So I did something that I have not seen in any Kickstarter campaign at all, and that was I created five rewards, six rewards, six rewards at the $10,000 level. And so far, nobody has bought them. Nobody has bought them. Um, I'm told that two people are thinking about it, but they haven't committed yet. Uh, I've emailed them back and forth a bit. Um, but my, my hunch is that the... You know, I wanted to make some very large and unique rewards available for folks with, you know, a fair amount of money, right? One of the thi- yeah, one of the things we always say on the show with backers is give your fans an opportunity to give because oftentimes they're looking for that. Yeah. They, they want to give and give them that opportunity. Yeah. All right. We've only, yeah. we've only yeah. got about a minute left. Um mm-hmm. Any advice? So you find yourself in the middle of this uh, uh, storm of energy and activity around your project. Uh, it's going crazy. We've uh, gone out to kick track and looked at your trending. It's going through the roof. Uh, very exciting. What kind of advice as we wrap up in the last minute here would you give to somebody who's thinking about doing a Kickstarter project? They've got a crazy idea. Maybe not as crazy as yours, but they got a crazy idea. What kind of advice would you give to them? Um. Really, it's how you work and orchestrate with your community. Um, I am literally working about 19 hours a day right now, really, truly, that's an exaggeration, to make sure that I answer people's questions and comments within about 10 minutes of them posting it. Uh, I'm on 
my screen right now, I have 12 Facebook pages open and two LinkedIn and one Google+. Plus. I'm, I'm really making an active effort to communicate with the folks that are interested in what's going on. Um, the other piece of advice, that I, made, I, made, I made a mistake on something. Uh, you mentioned earlier that Neil Armstrong died while we were in our conference. We had a, we had a moment of silence for him. But I had something that I really didn't agree with. I did it because I thought it was the right thing to do, but I didn't like it. We had a uh, we had a reward level which was name our robot and it was really designed for a corporate backer to kind of uh, put a sticker and a logo on it and it would be kind of like a NASCAR. I didn't really like that. It was kind of cheesy, but I was you know this project takes a lot of money, so I was going to charge a lot for that, like ten thousand dollars for that. But then when Neil Armstrong died. One of our fans, again, this goes back to working with your community, one of our fans recommended that we name our robot Neil Armstrong. And just a couple hours ago, I posted an update that says essentially that, that the robot itself for the experiment is named Neil. And I went further and said, the first robot that takes a person to the moon is going to be named Armstrong. So I've now named our our first lifter on the moon, um, and it's it goes goes back to you know be with your community, communicate with your community, but also by having kind of a very commercial and uh, and in hindsight kind of a crass reward of hey you know sponsor this thing, we'll put your logo on it like the way I did. Um, I don't think that was really in the spirit of the Kickstarter community. It's much more organic than that. Um, I think that's a great way like to I was, Thank you. Yeah, no, terrific, terrific. Um, no, I think that, that's, that's, that's perfect. Michael, thank you for taking okay. some time out of a very, very busy schedule to, uh, to chat with us here on Funding the Dream. Thank you. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. I just wanted to say thank you to everybody who's been listening. Hopefully you have been inspired. I know I have. And as I encourage all of you, when you listen to the show, if, if you have been inspired, by all means, take the plunge, put your dream out there, put it on Kickstarter, and let us help you fund your dream. Thanks for listening. Take care.